friends as in pass and beyond Especially those who aren't with us too long Life is the most precious thing you can lose While you were here the fun was never ending Life a minute was only beginning Can I come and take all this one for you? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Philly Sports with Maddie B, the premier Philadelphia sports talk podcast. I am your host, Matt Benarchek, and it is Tuesday, May the 19th, 2020, and I am thrilled to be here today. Another beautiful day to talk sports and another beautiful day in the Delaware Valley as spring has sprung and hopefully summer is around the corner, as well as the end of this pandemic and hopefully a return to normalcy in our daily lives. So I got a lot to do. We have a lot to do today. We have a great show in store. I got a great guest that I'm going to bring on here momentarily. But before I do that, I have to make a comment. I got I to gotta get something off my chest, basically. I, I, so please bear with me. So I have made no stranger to the fact that I am a big fan of WIP and sports radio in general in the city of Philadelphia, no, notably WIP. I don't think that there's any other station that's better than them, than they are. And all week they've been doing this thing called Once and for All. And basically the premise is they take a sports debate, a greatest, they, they, they call the greatest uh, Philly sports debates of all time that have never been solved or or, or settled. And they take one day, once and for all, to finally debate these topics. And they, they're going to do it all week. And yesterday was the first day. And they started off with a doozy of a topic. And this has nothing to do with today's show, but I, I really thought it, it just bothers me when people are so wrong about their assessments of a, of a sports figure or topic. So yesterday's debate was whether or not Donovan McNabb has been over uh, overrated or underrated. Now, the consensus being that he has been uh, underrated. That was what they, they determined. But as I listened yesterday, the conversation began to gravitate towards the greatest of all time in the city of Philadelphia, quarterback, Eagles. That could not be anywhere further from the actual truth of what Donovan McNabb was here. Now, bear with me as I will explain this very quickly and we'll get on to my guest. Donovan McNabb was an above-averaged NFL quarterback. He was a great piece. He was, as well as his head coach, Andy Reid, a cultural change to what football was in Philadelphia. Prior to them arriving, uh, the Eagles were, were very inconsistent. But with the culture that Andy Reid brought and the quarterback he brought, that changed. The culture became a culture of winning, not a championship culture. And that's where people are, are, are so confused. We did not win squat diddly with Donovan McNabb as our quarterback. Yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. NFC Championship game 2004, got it. All right. But the last time I checked, there was only one statue of, of a quarterback erected anywhere near Lincoln Financial Field. And that is not of Donald McNabb. He was a good piece. He set multiple records in Philadelphia Eagle football history. But I would like for you to bear with me and hear my reasoning around why those records were set. Stability. 
not since or not before Donovan and Andy were here, has there been a quarterback who has had the privilege or the ability to play for the same head coach for for 11 plus years? Just hasn't been that way. We don't have head coaches for the Eagles for that long of a period of time. Donovan got an opportunity to play for so long because Andy Reid brought him here on a very controversial pick at number two in the 1999 NFL draft. And he rode that horse until it went into the ground. Now, I am not anti-Donovan McNabb. I think he was a very good player, but he was not the greatest Philadelphia Eagle quarterback of all time. And he was certainly not underrated. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. Oof, man, I feel a lot better. God, yeah, now I can get on. All right, so today's show, awesome show. I have me a guest that will just set the, has set the sports world on fire since his arrival. He is a legend. He is a giant among mere mortals in the Philadelphia sports scene. He is a host on 94WIP and a podcaster extraordinaire. Joining me is Vince Quinn. VQ, what's up, man? Yo, I need to hire you as an iPad, dude. I, I, <laughs> are you kidding me? That kind of energy? You, you got like the you're the flavor flame to my Chuck D, man. That's great. Uh, oh, hey, I appreciate that. I, I'm 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 for sale, man. So whatever you want to work out, I'm I'm down with, man. So <laughs> all right, all my people call your people. We'll make something happen. <laughs> that that's a good deal. So so um so Vince, you know uh, I'm glad that you could come on. I know you're busy. You're getting back into the swing of things. Uh, first and foremost, uh, how's your health? How you doing? And what have you been into these days? Yeah, so first off, I, I am good. I'm back on my feet. Like, I'm 100% good after being sick. So that's that's great. I haven't really been thinking about it anyway. So I'm moving on like it's normal. But uh, in terms of what I've been doing, man, I mean, uh, outside of like, you know, I've got the new website. And you know, we've talked about that actually a little bit on Twitter, uh, The Spark. And, and that kind of spawned this podcast in a way. So that's that's fun. And uh, and then you look at what else I've been doing. So non sports wise, non work wise, I, I just watched every Marvel movie. So like Cap, you know, <laughs> starting in chronological order, if you will. So like Captain America was first because that's in the nineteen forties, and went all the way through Endgame, Homecoming, or uh, or what is it, Far From Home. So yeah, just did all that. That was a that was a pretty good run there. So you know, make, making the most of the free time and uh, keeping myself busy too. So Vince, uh, let's. I, I kind of want to like get your real quick assessment of my assessment of uh, Donovan McNabb, overrated or underrated. Uh, I, I know what your opinion is. I've read it. Uh, what do you think of my opinion of that assessment? Well, I'll give you credit for this. When you're looking at the consistency for McNabb, I mean, yeah, he's had Andy Reid with him, and Andy Reid, as much as the offensive coordinators changed, Andy Reid was the guy that was running the show. And Andy's one of the best. I mean, Andy's one of the best quarterbacks uh, developers that we've ever seen. And, and you look at all the different quarterbacks that he's had over the years, guys that have been successful, whether it was AJ Feely or Coy Detmer or Jeff Garcia when he was with the Eagles. When you're looking at Michael Vick and what he did with Vick, you look at Kansas City and what he did with Alex Smith. So, um, and obviously Mahomes is the greatest thing we've ever seen. So Andy Reid has something to do with that, and that's part of McNabb. But the thing is, McNabb, when you look at the era that he dealt with, I mean, there's nobody that had the lack of wide receivers that he did year in and year out that was successful as he was. He had his problems, but McNabb could play, man. He was good. Now, Vince, I don't I don't doubt that. He could play, but when you start throwing around the goat, I, I just had a problem with that. I just don't 
I mean, at the end of the day, we remember the rings. At the end of the day, we remember the glory. We we also remember four straight NFC Championship game losses, throwing up in the Super Bowl. We also remember those things. So when you talk GOAT, Vince, I just think that GOAT and Donald McNabb are just not in the same universe. That's just how I feel about that. Yeah, it's tough because McNabb's been the most successful Eagles quarterback just because of the amount of playoff games and NFC Championship appearances and Pro Bowls when it mattered, all that kind of stuff. So, like, that's what he gets. That, I mean, Bulls had a single great stretch. And so, clearly, I mean, the statue and all that, is, I get why it's there. And I get the love for Bulls. I don't know if he's the greatest quarterback either. I, I don't know who is. Uh, it's a really tough question because there's nobody. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to settle on anybody. Now, okay, so what I believe with the, when you talk to the GOAT, especially in the position of quarterback, I think it's a fluid thing. Uh, Foles, in my opinion, is today, when, which I hope Carson Wentz is tomorrow. You know what I mean? I think it, 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 it will change as we move forward. Hopefully it will. If not, it's going to be a long, long time. You know, it's going to be a painful time. But the bottom line is yeah. Foles did what no other had it was able to do before him. And for that, he is the GOAT for now. I'm sorry. If you want, I, it, it's so complicated because, right, like Minnesota game, he comes out, it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. Super Bowl, greatest. I mean, honestly, one of the single greatest performances I've ever seen in any sport ever was Nick Foles and what he did in the Super Bowl. It was just, it was unbelievable. And to watch those games, you go, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. But if Nick Foles is the quarterback the whole season, do they even make the playoffs or the Super Bowl? Like, I have no idea. It's just he's such a – for a single game, if you're rolling the dice on Nick Foles, like, that's a that's a totally fair thing to do. And if that makes him the GOAT, then, you know, so be it. Yeah, I mean, we could debate this thing left and right. And I know yesterday it was more of a Donald McNabb, not McNabb versus Foles. Uh, what is your uh, – what, you, what's your feelings about the uh, once and for all week? Are you excited about participating in that? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled for it because here's the nice thing is when you're when you're looking at it, I mean, obviously right now things are a little, they're, they're slow. We're waiting for the MLB to see what their deal is and whether or not they're going to come back. The NFL just came out with this really dumb rule about what they're, they're trying to get minority coaches to lead the draft compensation. Like, there's, yeah. there's, there's things going on, but there's not a whole lot going on. And to take that time and, and you think about it, like Philly sports fans are great because there are so many and it means so much to everybody. Like sports in Philly are just a different beast. And to be able to go back and rehash some stuff and make it, because here's the beauty of it, and this, this is the best thing about Spike doing this, is he's making it the whole station, right? So when you've got every single show, and they're all taking the time to make sure that they highlight that argument, it just gets everybody involved, in, and you get to relive those arguments again. And part of that is fun. And, and when you have time, obviously things change a little bit. Like the Foles versus Wentz debate, when that happens, it's going to look different because Foles has now been in Jacksonville and he bombed out and lost his job and got traded. So, like, how does that change the outlook on Nick Foles and how he compares to Wentz? Well, it certainly changes it a little bit. Wentz had a really good season, so that's exciting. Like, what Hinky looks like now, considering what Brand's done and Colangelo's done and where the Sixers are, it's, it's a different conversation now. So, to have so much energy behind it, and to do it at a time there's not a hell of a lot going on. And now you get to, the debate is a little bit different. It's a little bit updated due to time. I just I think it's a great thing. And I'm, I'm excited to be and, and not only be a part of it, but I get to be because I'll be on 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So I will be the end of one day 
and the start of another day. So I get, oh, to, that's right. I get to kick off one of the arguments. So I'm excited for that. Oh, wow. So are you going to do two hours on the current topic and then transition to the final two hours of the new topic? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to look like a bad employee for saying this, but I'll do it anyway. So one is, I, I think my first night is Foles and Wentz. So I'll I'll do the first two hours, and that'll be Foles first Wentz. And then whatever the second day is, I, I'm not sure if the second day is the Joe Giglio 16-hour Gabe Kaplerathon. Yeah, that's on or, Friday. Yeah, so whatever it is, uh, it, whatever it is for the second day, the second half of the show will be all about that, and that's, that's how I'm going to handle it. So you heard it here, everybody. So tune in to Vince Quinn on uh, from ten to two, uh, ten p.m. to two a.m. I believe that'll be Thursday night into Friday morning uh, for that um, that awesome debate. And as I said, I, I've been listening to it. I listened to yesterday's. I listened to some of today's. It was about who was the most important member of the 08 Phillies. I say Utley. Um, I've been hearing all kinds of crap about Howard and and all that. But anyway. We could spend the entire show Vince, talking this, but uh, I really want to get to this. I, I want to get your feedback on this. I want to hear where you stand on on this uh, particular subject. And the subject is the Philadelphia Eagle offseason. As you mentioned, sports kind of grind. Well, we all know sports grinded to a halt. But there has been something. There's There's been bits and pieces of, of niblets that we've been able to digest over the last couple months. And I've never seen a or been a part of an offseason that has been under such a microscope for obvious reasons, than this offseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to spend a couple minutes here talking to you about the aspects of the offseason, about free agency, about the draft, about the UDFAs, and then go right into a quick rapid fire on the schedule. And then as we complete each one of these sections, VQ, I like to, I, I would like for you to give me your grade for that section, like uh, an A through F type of thing on free agency and then the draft and then ultimately your outlook of the 2020 schedule. So are you ready to play along? Yeah, I'm ready to go, man. Let's do it. All right, brother. Here we go. All right, so let's get ready to the free agency. Um, I want to. We'll, we'll attack this in the first way is the players that left. So a eagle from 19, that's no longer an eagle from tw- uh, for an eagle in 20. So I want to start with uh, Jordan Howard. Now, Jordan Howard, to me, was a great piece to this puzzle in 2019. I, I don't know. Something went wacky with – with a stinger injury that apparently took six to eight weeks to heal that really never did heal. I mean, never got back on the field. I think there's something more to that, but uh, he took off from Miami for a two year, $10 million deal. VQ, are we going to miss Jordan Howard or are we like glad he's gone? Well, yeah, for now we're going to miss Jordan Howard. I mean, for the money, it's a tough thing, right? Because two years and $10 million is a lot of money to give a running back. And as much as I like Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders is just, he's better now. He, at the beginning of the year, you, made, you can make the case that Jordan Howard was the better player. Sanders was clearly better, even if Howard was healthy at the end of the season. He just, he just became a phenomenal player. So uh, you couldn't pay him. You just couldn't do it. Now, it sucks because he's the perfect fit for what they like to do, which is you've got the one guy that can catch the passes and give you a little more speed, and then you've got that change-up, plotting strength guy. And Boston Scott is not that. So, you know, is Corey Clement that guy? He's probably not either. He's a little more well-rounded. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, they're certainly going to miss Jordan Howard. I don't know if they have a proper replacement. And I don't know if there's a guy in the pipeline. They've been rumored to be interested in Carlos Hyde. If they bring him in, I think that's a totally solid option, and I'll take that. But even still, I, I, I will miss Jordan Howard. I would rather have Jordan Howard than Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I agree. And uh, again, I think there's something that we're missing about this stinger injury. I, I've never, I mean, I've, I've had a stinger. I mean, I'm not a professional football player, but I've had a stinger. 
uh, it didn't take eight weeks to heal. So I don't know. Maybe there's something going on with that behind the scenes that we're all not privy to. So yeah, that's that's probably part of why. Because uh, honestly, I think that's part of why he didn't come back. Now, obviously, I don't think the Eagles were offered that money anyway. But if he had the option and it was equal money, and you just went through that with the training staff, like, do you want to come back and play for this team? I don't know. Yeah. I, I would probably go elsewhere. That's, that's a great point. Great point. I agree with your assessment on Jordan Howard. Now let's go on to the all-time GOAT Eagle wide receiver. All right, Nelson Aguilar. All right, so here, here, here's a mistake. Oh, well, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Um, uh, no brainer here with this one, Vince. He went to the Raiders for one year. What, what do you think? Yeah, get him out, man. I mean, they just—it wasn't worth it. You know, they overpaid him last year. He's never been happy here. The fans don't like him. He's inconsistent. Can you get somebody else? I mean, what are the like? How difficult is it to get a guy to come in? that can match the production of Aguilar. Uh, you got to be able to find somebody. And with all these guys that they drafted, and clearly they wanted to get wide receiver in the draft, and they drafted just every wide receiver, it's fine. So they, they fixed the problem, and nobody's going to miss Aguilar. Even if he's good, like if he goes to Oakland and has a good season, I won't feel bad about it because he Don't wasn't I- good here. Like we just... We just knew he wasn't a fit here. Maybe he needed a change of scenery, and it is what it is, man. I, I don't miss Aguilar. So, Vince, just to kind of clarify, if he goes to Oakland, he's not going to have any kind of season. There's no football team in Oakland anymore. Oh, well, yeah. That's, oh, my God. Yeah, they're in Vegas now. They've got that big – their stadium's pretty cool, by the way. Yeah, it's, I've seen it. Yeah, stadium. Yeah, it does look pretty nice. I wish uh, Aguilar all the best out there, but I believe he's a, uh, a first-down Freddy – uh, redux here coming down the pike. I think he may, may be out of football by the end of the season. Uh, I just don't think I don't think he's got it where it, where it matters. And uh, again, uh, that knee injury he suffered against the uh, Patriots last season. Uh, now I've I've looked at that pass. That would have been a hell of a catch if he made that in the back of the end zone. But I think that knee injury was uh, I think it was bull. I think he just didn't want to perform anymore in front of the hometown fans. I think he just he had enough. I honestly think he quit. I really do. Well, yeah, and he had done that before to the point where they had to send him out, right? I mean, they effectively gave him the game or two off to clear his head a couple of years ago. It's just, it, it's never been there. It's not worth it anymore. And live your life, man. <laughs> yeah. Just fine. No, I agree. All right, now, now this brings me to the, the most head-scratching move of the offseason, not from the Eagles' standpoint, but Vitae heads on to Motown for a five-year, $50 million contract. Did the Lions overpay, or did we miss out on something? Oh no, the Lions overpaid. Um, I don't, I don't know why they overpaid that much. Like, is the market for Big V? Because even if Big V was going to get like decent money out there, was he really? Did somebody offer him like four years at forty million, but they had to go the extra year? I don't, I don't know what they were thinking there. Because apparently, they love Big V enough to say that he's going to be their long-term starting tackle. So if that's the choice they want to make, I mean, Detroit makes so many great decisions, don't they? Um, they, They're just such a well-run team that clearly they're going to hit on that. I mean, yeah, let him go. It sucks that he has to go because, I mean, swing tackles are nice, and as much as he's not a great player, he's a fine player. So, you know, for that degree, they have to replace him. But they drafted some guys in, like, Detroit. I mean, good luck with that, man. That was a risky move. Yeah, just just so you heard it here first type situation, Matt Patricia, I believe, is on the hot seat here in May. Uh, I I think he's got to do something this year to, to save his job out there. Um, and then, you know, appearing at the draft special with that stupid pencil in his ear, I, I whatever, man. Uh, yeah, he's, he's on the hot seat, in my opinion. All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, Ronald Darby to the Redskins. What do you think, BQ? Well, for 
for Washington, it makes sense, right? I mean, you got Ron Rivera, defensive head coach. He's he's got to rebuild the whole thing. And for Ronald Darby on the flyer, you know, what's the harm? It's, it's the big problem with Darby's been injuries. He's he's okay. I think he's a number two corner when he's healthy. But you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, you just hope he doesn't burn the Eagles too bad. That Rivera doesn't uh, figure out how to get the most out of him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, good riddance. Uh, honestly, I'm so tired of every big play it seemed that he was attached to or uh, more more appropriately not attached to, and that's why the big play occurred. I've never seen a cornerback unable to be physical quite the way I've seen Ronald Darby not be physical. Uh, he's he's horrible tackler and a garbage cover guy, so good riddance. Uh, good luck down there in D.C. Now, I know there's a couple of others, but let's get to the heavy hitter right off the bat here. Let's get this thing out the way. Uh, the most controversial move off through the offseason. Malcolm Jenkins to the Saints, four years, $32 million. As the way I understand it, VQ, all it really would have taken was a uh, a little bit of a renegotiation and, a, and maybe a one-year bump to keep him here. Uh, what's your feelings about Malcolm leaving? Well, yeah, it's tough that he's leaving just because as a player, uh, you know what he brings to the table, right? Like, he yep. was the Dawkins replacement, and he did a hell of a job, and, and you love what Malcolm Jenkins was. So, for him to go, it, it's terrible. And the weird thing is, too, that, like, for the role that Jenkins plays, you know that they like the role. You know that they respect the role because Jalen Mills is getting moved into that role, and they're drafting guys like Kevon Wallace, like he's supposed to play that kind of Malcolm Jenkins role. They're, they're investing in that Will Parks all these different guys they've got in the secondary, they're going to be these flexible guys. So they know his position. They know he was good at it. They know he led the team. And they still let him go, even though he wasn't fried, when, you know, Peters is probably coming back. They had held on to scrolls for forever. It's it's a weird thing, and you got to figure. There's, there's been rumors about locker room stuff, you know, that people put things out there that maybe they were cleaning out the locker room and Maybe Jenkins wasn't the biggest Wentz guy, and if that's it, then that's the cost of doing business. You got to go all in on the quarterback. But man, like that, it just it sucks that he's gone. Yeah, I, I got a big problem with alphas being intimidated by other alphas, and if that is the case, then we got bigger problems on the side of the house. Because I mean, come on, if Carson, Carson Wentz is the quarterback, and if he doesn't have the stones to stand up and be that guy, that voice in the locker room, then maybe, may, maybe. I don't know, maybe I'm completely off base about what we're about to talk about, but you're right. I, there's something to that, and that that really uh, – I don't like it either. I, I think he should have at least hung around for maybe a year or two more. I, I got it. His performance was not quite – it was declining. You know, he's getting older and all, but the presence that he brought was more of a uh, – as you said, that Brian Dawkins type thing. So, yeah, I, I think it's a bad move. All right, yeah, so, and, and, and you know the other thing is too when they got all these other guys now they're trying out for a spot. Like it would have been nice if they had other people that were training for that while he was here. You know, Just, yeah. Like let him teach these guys. He probably would have been really good at it, but whatever. It's you know missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's going to come back and bite us on the ass a little bit. So uh, let's kind of now look at the guys that we re-signed, and I'm going to fire out some names. And after I do that, just give me some opinions of if something stands, if something jumps out at you. Uh, hit me up, but uh, we re-signed Nate Sudfeld to a one-year deal. Um, they got Hassan Ridgeway back on a one-year deal. Uh, Corey Clement and then Cameron Johnson. Is there anything, anybody you want to talk about in that group? Well, first off, Corey Clement is a guy that, like, he's fallen off the radar at this point because he goes from undrafted rookie, Super Bowl hero, to a guy that's been injured the past couple of years. But when that guy was healthy and he's still a young guy, he's pretty good. Um, they don't need him to be a big player for them because obviously Sanders is great and 
I'm curious to see what Boston Scott can do in a full season and for them planning with him in an off season. But if, if Corey Clement could show up and contribute, like that's great. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the table. I think that guy is, it, he's not just a good player, but a good story. So I'm, I'm rooting for Clement big time. I mean, so am I, because we need a third running back. Uh, you know, the heck with the damn uh, Super Bowl crap. I just need, we need a third running back because I just don't feel like Boston Scott has got the physical makeup to handle a whole season as the secondary running back. I honestly don't. So we need a third yeah. running back. So. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. All right, now let's talk about some of the guys we brought in uh, real quick. Uh, we got Will, Will Parks, uh, safety from Denver. Uh, Philly native and all that, but we'll be honest with you there, VQ, I don't see Will Parks with anything more than another special teamer. Mm, yeah, he's going to be competing. He's going to be a big, he's probably a role player. He's probably a backup, and, and he might be mostly special teamer. But as long as he's there for competition, that's fine. If he ends up showing up and they think, okay, well, maybe this guy is either like a third safety for us or whatever. If he ends up losing battles because Jalen Mills ends up working out or Kevon Wallace ends up being a pretty good player, that's good. Like him ended up being forced into a special teams role is, is really the best sign of the secondary and the direction it's moving in. I'd take that. He, he might get some reps in there. He'll, he'll certainly be in the mix early. But, yeah, I hope he loses. I hope you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk the secondary here momentarily. But, anyway, then we got Jatavius Brown. It seems to be the theme with this position, linebacker on this football team. It seems to be a reclamation project thing going on with the Eagles when it comes to linebackers. I know it's a position they don't covet. I know it's a position, for some reason, Jim Schwartz seems to think safeties can play it. It's not a position of need. Uh, I really don't understand why we even went this direction. What do you think about Jatavius Brown? Yeah, it's a pretty low-risk signing. And, and it's weird because you think of some of the guys they've signed in recent years, for example, uh, Corey Nelson. They brought yep. him in, and he was supposed to be a trial guy, and he was going to have a chance to compete to start, and it didn't really work out. They let him go, and then he ends up going to Baltimore, and he's pretty good. Uh, it just it, So they've got some ability to identify it, but whether it's Schwartz and the way he uses the guys or their linebacker coach and getting them in the right spots, I don't know what it is, but if they can get anything out of Jameis Brown, I'll, I'll be thrilled with it because, yeah, their linebacker position ever since, I want to say, like, really 2017, Nigel Bradham, they just haven't had a major impact player there. They need to, they need to replace them. I concur 100%. And then that brings us to uh, the two most uh, stunning moves of this uh, free agency period. Let's first talk about the addition of defensive tackle Javon Hargrave from the uh, from sorry from the Steelers. Three million, uh, three years for three thirty nine million. Sorry. Um, again, a position of not necessarily need on this team. Um, I understand the rotational philosophy of the defense, and I know they want to keep people fresh, but I was not really that um, that concerned about our run defense heading into 2020, and uh, he does not present any kind of pass rush upgrade, in my opinion. So uh, I'm curious, Vince, what do you think about uh, Giovanni and Har- Javon Hargrave? Well, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a move I expected. I didn't think they were going to say it. Like, if you told me one of their first moves in, in the first, like, because they did it pretty early in free agency too, right? I want right. to say it was within, like, the first three days. They went all in on Hargrave. You go, like, okay, uh, this is this is a little weird. And you thought you were hoping for Byron Jones, for example, at the time. So, yeah, they get Hargrave. And, you know, I, 
I like the move. I didn't expect it, but I like the move. Because the thing is, you look at the defensive line, and, like, that's what they've been all about. I mean, it's just, it is that depth. It is that rotating. And with the way the defensive tackle spot just got totally blown up last year, I mean, my God, they were getting guys off the street and starting them. Like, it's just, when you deal with those kinds of injuries, um, they, they were probably a little sensitive to it as well. And they figured, let's go lock this guy in. So if, if they've got a defensive line that on certain plays is like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, and Hargrave, you could do some crazy stuff. I mean, like short down and distance situations, like third and one, fourth and one, they should be really good there with having those guys on the defensive line. And so um, I, I like to move a lot. I, I think it's a fun, exciting thing. They're going to be able to beat the crap out of people. And like with this defensive line, that's what I want to see. Okay, fun and exciting. Yeah, uh, it equates the wins. I'm all in, but I don't know about that. Anyway. Now let's talk about the big splash of free agency. Uh, it was not a signing. It was a, a trade. Uh, the Eagles acquired Darius Slay from the Lions and then subsequently signed him to a $50 million three-year extension. Uh, obviously, the way I've looked at this free agency period, this is the only move that addressed a, a dire need. Uh, he's a shutdown corner. He's a CB1. Uh, yeah, no-brainer here. Uh, I think it was a great move. I was very excited and impressed by the move early on, but then things fizzled out for me. But what do you think about uh, Slay? Well, yeah, the Slay move is, is great, right? Like, you look at Darius Slay and you're thinking about what the Eagles needed, which was, one, 